Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. You are about to bear witness to an historic event. For the first time in World Wrestling Federation history, a historic coronation. At this time, I give you Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hear ye, hear ye, friends, fans, and loyal subjects. You are about to witness the most important coronation in the history of the world. You have witnessed royal weddings, inaugurations, but this coronation eclipses them all. to see. We're seeing wrestling history here. Not too, what is what is that? Look at that crown. And Harley Race and all his regalness. Everybody's attention now. Ladies and gentlemen. I have something to say! Mama Mia! Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the King Kong is climbing to the Empire State Building, but here comes the cavalry! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother! Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help it. That I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can't dance all night long. And here is your host, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bowles. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go left. Can I ask 
Back to Question Macho Man. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. What up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out right here every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, and glad to be back. J.C. Bones. Please follow me on Twitter at J.C. Bones. That's Bones with a Z. And I am accompanied by everyone's favorite doctor. No, no, I don't mean Dr. Death Steve Williams. No, no, not that doctor. I don't mean Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS. This guy is not is not slick enough to be the doctor of style, Reverend Slick. And he's not even the doctor of desire, Tom Pritchard. Could it be the doctor of thugonomics? No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This is the one and only Smart Slayer himself, ladies and gentlemen, from Parts Unknown. Let's hear it for Doc Haas. Woo! You heard him on that all afternoon. Yeah, and you still weren't (laughs) slick enough to get that slick comment smooth. Oh, man. You're also not the host with the most hair. No, no, but I'm the host with the most charisma. The most. You do have the most charisma. You are the charisma guy. The most. Hmm. Um, I have the most sex appeal. Uh, well, uh, this is debatable. Obviously, Doc, I am the heartthrob <laughs> of, of, of this team. Yeah, okay, anyway, so. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, Doc, it's glad to be back sitting here like this, hanging out. We're going to talk some wrestling. We are going to talk some wrestling. We are. I haven't had, we, we, you and I haven't talked wrestling in like a month. No, it's been a while. Uh, and obviously, yeah. fam, as you can see, uh, Johnny Smarks, our good our good brother Smarky, is not with us uh, tonight. Yeah, uh, he's uh, tending to a uh, to a family matter with his with his with his madre. Uh, rest assured, she's okay. So uh, he had to take the night off tonight, um, last second. So me and Bones are gonna write the ship, and one of these days you're gonna hear all three of us again. Yeah. Um, maybe aftermath. Maybe not aftermath. Maybe the next episode. You know, go to life of being a working musician. Tune in to find <laughs> out. Let's uh, talk about some sad news that we just heard recently. Back on August first, uh, we heard about the death of handsome King. Harley Race. Where'd they get handsome from? He was. I never handsome. thought handsome. No, no, no. But I never. Th- no, I never thought handsome when I looked at him. Because he's not. I thought like badass. No. I don't even know how long he had the handsome gimmick until uh, until he won the King of the Ring, and then was dubbed the That's King Harley Race, which was the best thing for his career. He was, was the NWA a champion. Say it again. Is that a tongue-in-cheek thing, the handsome thing? And it's just going over my head. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was tongue-in-cheek, yeah. Especially oh, okay. at that because time, was, at that era. He was, a, he was a bad motherfucker. He was one of the toughest SOBs in the locker room. You know, the words of, yeah. of Steve Austin. But yeah, he was definitely one t- tough son of a bitch. Obviously, he was NWA champion eight times. He was Stounded. championship material. You know, he, did he ran the, the 19th. King of the Ring. 
he, he ran the seventies. He ran the seventies. He did he have ran the seventies in NWA. He had a really good feud with uh, Junkyard Dog back in the early nineties when he was in WWF as well. That I think that's when he was in WWF. He was I think he was more known for his that feud with, with JYD. I think it was ninety one. I don't know. I, that might. Have, I think you're going too late there. I think that was still in the eighties. I think you're going to like. Uh, I want to say that was like. Around like the, the mid to late eighties, like eighty seven. Didn't they face each who did he face at WrestleMania three? Didn't he face Junkyard Dog at WrestleMania three? Yes, at WrestleMania three. Yeah, I'm saying, but this was around oh yeah, that's right. What year was WrestleMania three? Ninety one. Nineteen eighty no, it was nineteen eighty seven. Eighty seven, because eighty five was WrestleMania one. It's right, stupid. Pause while pause while Bones does math. Hold on, yeah, let me do math. <laughs> well, what happened was anyway, and, uh, it's a very I unfortunate and I carried the six. <laughs> anyway, it's very unfortunate news. You know, another legend, another Hall of Famer gone. I would say that was his most like uh, his most notable WWE feud. But when I think when I think Harley Race, I think Starcade, Steel Cage, Ric Flair. Yeah, that, that's yeah, always that's my like, think about. That's like the first thing I always go to. Yeah, because I, I mean, that was that. absolute classic Steel Cage match. Mm-hmm. Um blood everywhere the crowd going nuts dark arena like they call nxt does their events it was that sort of vibe that's that's kind of what you know kind of the precursor to wcw um wasn't quite wcw yet actually at that point the nwa had kind of just or the jim cocker promotions that kind of just started referring to themselves as the nwa once vince started the takeover you know and speaking of nwa that's going to bring us to our next topic so, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, Billy Corgan, the owner of NWA, uh, upon them ending their relationship with Ring of Honor, uh, Billy Corgan did state that he wanted to bring NWA back to live television, and it has been confirmed that NWA TV tapings are going to start being recorded at a studio in Atlanta on September 30th and October 1st for the first two episodes. There's no news yet about what channel it's going to be on, uh, you know, where to, uh, what, what platforms we're going to use to, to watch this. But it's been a theme with us, man. We always say this is a great time to be wrestling because there are options. You know, there are alternatives out there besides WWE to see. Like, we're going right. to be able to see some of the big-name stars right now in NWA like James Storm. Eli Drake, who comes to them from Impact, and also their current heavyweight champion, the National Treasure, or the natural is it the Natural Tre- No National Treasure, Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. My bad, I totally flubbed that. But it's going to be cool to get slick. a chance to see these guys. I know, right? Real slick. It's going <laughs> to give us a chance to see these guys on television, and it's going to get so many eyes on. I think just the professional wrestling product itself. Now there's so many alternatives out there. What I'm pretty excited for is the way Billy Corgan was describing what they were doing in the videos. Like mm-hmm. they're going to an old, like a sound stage. It's gonna. Ha- it seems like it's gonna have that, you know, early to mid '80s NWA yeah. vibe. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Ric Flair behind the interview booth with Tony Schiavone, just freaking out about the Winnipeg Arena and. You know his limousines and his jets. Like that's that's when I think NWA TV. That's what I think. And it seems like Billy Corgan has that vibe in mind. He wants to, you know, like he said in the video, he wants to 
downsized the production to put the focus on the wrestlers. And what's funny is because I remember, remember, let's go back to the Royal Rumble. And one of the big things we were talking about is how I loved the scaled down production of the Royal Rumble without the Titan Tron and all that. I also loved the scaled down production of Evolution. I loved the scaled down production of NXT. Like it's it's a all the takeovers. Yeah, it's it's a trend that I realized like and and he's he nailed it when he says you scale down and it, the focus becomes more on the performers and not the spectacle. Right. Sometimes I think Raw and SmackDown and WWE's main show pay-per-views, main pay-per-views are too much about the spectacle and not enough about the wrestler, especially especially the big four pay-per-views. Agreed. Agreed. So I'm excited to see what what Billy Corgan and the NWA have in store for us. I'm been interested to see what what the chat what channel are going to be on is just going to be streaming only or a youtube tv thing or uh is it going to be on some weird like public access channel like ecw was in the 90s well wherever it ends up uh corgan did say it's going to be unscripted uncensored and in your face and i really would love to know what that means yeah what the fuck does unscripted mean i don't know I, th- I think he, he just, was making a stab at, you know, how, how like in WWE, they're all script. We all know they're scripted promos. So right. I, I don't know. I think I think he's referring to just, hey, we're going to go. We're going to let the wrestlers kind of do what they do. All those guys in, in that rock with the NWA, they're all very proud of the freedom they have mm-hmm. with their characters. Yep. And they take that as a sense of pride. And... Now they got someone who's trying to get them to make some money. You know, I guess back in the 90s, there was, you know, there was WCW and WWE, and then the ECW was the little brand below it. Like the, you know, the the, 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 the niche the, the niche brand, you know, yeah. the niche brand. And I think NWA is in the running to be that third niche brand in this age of pro wrestling. Right. You know? On top of NWA coming to TV pretty soon, for those of you that do follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have the, the G1 Climax going on right now, and it has been some fucking captivating storytelling going on in this tournament, and I think we're going, we're seeing some stars being made in this tournament. I mean, we're not going to do a big rundown of the whole thing, but just a couple quick things. You know, can Okada win this as the champion? Because that's one of the, the big things uh, being in the tournament. They're always going to have the heavyweight champion in the tournament, and I don't know, personally, the last time a champion actually won this tournament. So could Okada win it with the, his showing that he's had so far? He's coming out of this tournament very, very strong. Uh, also, did John Moxley's momentum slow down after his loss to Jay White, which came out of nowhere because Moxley's had a strong showing so far in everything he's done in New Japan since he won the U.S. title. Now he loses to Jay White. You know, or is this uh, is, is Switchblade on the rise again? After his win now over Moxley, because Jay White's kind of been off the radar ever since, ever since his title loss. I don't. I think I don't think it slows Moxley down at all because I think once he comes back in, in America, I think he's just associated with AEW now, and I don't think this kills his AEW momentum at all. Even when like WCW wrestlers used to work in Japan back in the old days, I mean. That was like considered a separate world, and I think even though we have more access to their television now, we could watch their you know wrestling matches a lot easier than we used to be able to. I still think that 
those storylines are kept separate in everybody in wrestling fans' heads. So I don't think it slows down Moxley's uh, mojo in the American scene, we'll call it. Okay. okay. And then, uh, but I think also this is also because it's a gr- it was a great opportunity for Jay White because he gets a big win over a huge wrestler that doesn't really hurt Moxley's cred here in America. And Jay White's an NJPW guy, so he's spending most of his time in Japan anyway. It, for to me, it smells like smart booking. I haven't seen the match. I haven't been able to follow the tournament just because of you know time constraints and everything. But that seems like smart booking to me for, as an outside outsider looking in. Right. No, and I do agree with you. Moxley could have he he could afford this loss. It doesn't hurt him in any way. I just think that some people, some other outsiders looking in, you know, might think of it as being a slowdown of his momentum. Because oh, he has a loss now, and now he's not as credible as as they tried to make him out to be. Because there are the marks on social media that are that are talking like this. So now I want to see what what the future holds for Jay White. Are we going to see him back uh, with any gold around his waist? Um, to answer your question, which one? Kinsuke Sasaki and and uh, Kenji Muto are the only wrestlers to win the G1 while holding the oh, IWGP okay. Championship. Can you repeat anyway, names again? Yeah. who were they? <laughs> um, Kinsuke Sasaki. Kins, Kins, it's Kinsuke. That's how you Kinsuke? say it, right? Sure. Yeah, Kins, Kinsuke. Whatever you say, that Kinsuke you are the doctor. Ken, anyway, Kenji Muto, <laughs> which you know. Uh, or Muta, or Muto, okay, Great well, Muta. How about Great Muta? Great I, Muta. <laughs> I have a, 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 an NJPW wrestler with a name that you'll actually be able to pronounce. Lance Archer. Lance Archer's been in, in New Japan for years, but he has had such a strong showing right now in the tournament that uh, he could be the next rising star uh, in the main event scene coming out of this tournament. Okay. And the dude's okay. at the, he's 40 years old. You know, that, that's that got to show that strong work ethic right there, someone who does not give up and keeps on pushing. Uh, so if you haven't seen Lance all Archer, right. I recommend going to check him out and see what he's all about. But, yeah, cool. so it's just very, very captivating. And, you know, again, it's great, great time to be a wrestling fan. And NWA coming to TV, we do have access to see things like New Japan and all of this amazing wrestling and storytelling going on in the G1 Climax. Most of us have access to Impact or Ring of Honor. We're going to have AEW coming to TV pretty soon. You know, there's many alternatives, so... Rumor has it, rumor has it, there's serious talks about NXT becoming live two hours on FS1. Yep. I was reading this week that those talks are actually starting to get real now. I've heard that too, so... yeah. Um, so it's, that's pretty cool. I, I wish you could get like a cable package with just the wrestling channels. There's one, yes. The sports can they channels. please do this? <laughs> sports and wrestling package. Yes. Do you can like give that. me like access? You can give me what is impact? Is tw- the Twitch is like the online thing. Impact By the way, I was trying to pursuit. I was trying to work Twitch this week, and I don't freaking get it at all. I think you just have to search the name and, and watch. I've only watched a few things on Twitch. I'm not too familiar with Twitch either. You know, anyone out there in uh, in fourth wall listener land, if anyone there knows Twitch really well and wants to help out Doc, please uh, slide into our DMs on Twitter at fourth wall cast, and uh, we'll have a little prize for you. Yeah, this is so stupid. It makes no sense to me. Also, I'm like a gamer. Maybe that's like you have to be like a gamer to understand watch the layout right of Twitch. I don't know. So, anyways, anyway, Doc, I got one last topic to touch on before we take a quick break and get right into our SummerSlam predictions. I have an update that everyone 
has been waiting patiently for. It's an update on the one and only Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot just had her second. Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. It's my girl. She Ruby just had her Riot. second shoulder surgery. Uh, it was her left shoulder. She's been out obviously since. Uh, she's been out obviously because of injuries. She had to get double shoulder surgery. Had her second one done recently Oof. on her left one. Successful Ugh. surgery. That's good. Uh, we haven't seen her now since May 17th when they were at a house show in Cardiff, Wales, where she was in a fatal four-way match against uh, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, and Tamina. Very odd pairing, but uh, it's a house show, so you get to see some cool matchups like that. You know, uh, I don't know how long Ruby Riot's going to be out for. I haven't been able to see any reports that said what her ETA will be for when she'll come back. I don't think we'll see her again until the Royal Rumble. Only because we're already on the road to, so we're already at SummerSlam. So I think her, the best place for her to make a return would probably be at Royal Rumble. I do hope that they do something with the Riot Squad when she's back. Right now, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, you know, after the Superstar Shakeup, kind of have been lost in the shuffle. Liv Morgan did make an appearance on SmackDown finally a few weeks ago, had a match to Charlotte Flair, lost the match, but did make a statement that the real Liv Morgan was going to be. Uh, was going to be coming around and then I saw this flyer on social media it was Liv Morgan's face and it said will the real Liv Morgan please stand up so I'm really interested to see what kind of repackaging they do with Liv but I do think there's going to be a shake up uh, no pun intended in the women's division after SummerSlam which I'll get into that when we do our predictions so I think we'll be seeing Liv Morgan sooner than later on Smackdown TV also Sarah Logan has been actively on uh WWE main event uh, every few weeks, and she has been feuding right now with Dana Brooke. Um, I've been able, I got a chance to see a couple of her matches, and also from the reports that I read, she has improved a lot in the ring. So, from the bottom, you watched main heart, event a couple times. Yeah, I've watched it. Just wow, yeah. I have dude, you're one hell of a wrestling fan, dude. You, I admire you, dude. Whenever I can, it, it's it's my out from life, and as everyone in the fourth wall fan has heard, life fucking has sucked for the fourth wall over the past few weeks. I want to be you. Murphy's Law came in full for- force, and Murphy's a fickle bitch. Yeah, well, I got Murphy back. I went to go see the Rolling Stones on Monday. That go. was awesome. Yeah. You and you know what? Mick, Jag- Mick I, Jagger I, should wrestle. That guy's an animal. Mick Jagger? God, how old is he, dude? Dude, he could totally be the 24-7 champion. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? If Mick Jagger was the 24-7 champion, I would buy all the stock in WWE <laughs> and just tell them how much I, I, I would write love letters to Vince McMahon. And uh, Mick Jagger is my hero. Do you think maybe Keith would come out dressed like a pirate? Maybe Keith could be Kyrie Sane's manager. Oh, my God. Yo. Maybe Keith could be Kyrie Sane's grandfather. Real quick, oh, yo, I'm glad you brought up Kyrie saying this wasn't on our talking points, but could we just talk about the fucking failed attempt at making Paige an active member of the roster as a manager for a failed tag team of Kyrie Sane and Asuka? Like, why the fuck did they not win the tag champs? Uh, tag, I'm sorry, tag titles on Raw last week. I don't understand why Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross was the right choice for that match. That was the wrong think- choice, and this is a waste of Asuka and Kyrie Sane and Paige. I think the problem with that is I think they have big plans for Nikki Cross and 
them winning these tag team titles as a part of that. I think that was done more for her. And I think the concern of that match was the Bliss and Cross storyline. It seems they keep running with it. They like it. I don't hate it. I don't mind it. Um, it needs to kind of go somewhere a little bit. So I guess the titles might help like start letting that go to the next level now to the next phase of that story. Maybe that story means they lose to Asuka and Kyrie. I, I, I have um, this theory. They, they have a name. They have a name. The Kabuki Warriors. The Kabuki Warriors. Yeah, sure. Okay. No. Because, the Bukaki yeah. Warriors. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, they're, that was not. They're was they're really X-rated. <laughs> they're they're Asian. They must be Kabuki. Like I don't know. It's fucking WWE. Well, anyway, my theory Bukaki about things is, is. I think sometimes. Also, I think sometimes, as I know it is. That's fucking terrible. I know, I know it is. Should I edit that out? I know no, it keep is. It. We do have the parental advisory on the. On the show, so we're good. We do. Yeah, just in case we get dirty. Bones gets dirty. It's getting dirty back in that corner over there. I'm just saying what's (laughs) up to RVD and Matt Riddle. (laughs) Anyways, well, Bones uh, goes and says hello and and to his friends. I'd like to talk about, and I feel internet fans, like, fail at this sometimes. So I'm calling you all out as you're listening right now. People want to see their favorite like new guys crowned champions or new girls in this case kept crowned champions so quickly and i kind of disagree with it like there's no payoff if you're just gonna put those tag titles right on the top face team right away like you have to make them like if they just won the titles like that there was no build to it the audience wasn't into it they're not behind that team there's more invested in Alexa and Nikki right now. Nikki's a young talent. Nikki deserves to be on TV. So yeah, two maybe Oscar and Kyrie are getting the uh, shaft a little bit right now. But at least at least Nikki's getting her chance. And Bliss is always going to be on TV. They love Bliss. She's never not on TV. Whatever she's healthy. So obviously, she could be on my TV screen any night of the week. That's exactly why she is on your television screen. Usually twice a week. You know, and that's just all there is to it. And, you know, she's not, you know, she's a good wrestler too. She does everything right. quite well. So, that being said, I'm not mad that Kyrie and Asuka didn't win that match. I'm not mad at all about it. I don't mind that Bliss and Cross won that. And I think we need to have some patience sometimes. And, you know, it takes time. It's fucking hard to be into WWE, it takes time to shine. You're right. I, I just had to mark out for a second. I had to be a mark and show my frustration with the Kabuki Warriors and also Paige. You know where I, I think Paige should go? Paige should manage the, the Riot Squad. Paige would be a fucking perfect fourth member of the Riot Squad. That's kind of cool. Uh, That's kind of cool. You know, you know where I got that from? Paige is already in the Riot Squad on my 2K19 roster. <laughs> and obviously Ruby Riot and Paige are my women's tag champions. Oh, that's good shit. <laughs> oh, man. How does that work? Do you book the game? Yeah. W, uh, universe mode, bro. You you make so your you're own Vince roster. Vic, so you're a Vince McMahon. Yeah. Well, I, then, I, like, I found did... myself more of like a Triple H. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I, I always thought it was more of a Paul Heyman, but okay. Ooh. I take that as a compliment. Thank you. A bearded Paul Heyman. <laughs> and in better shape. You anyway, Doc, we have uh, quite the card to run down in SummerSlam. So 
Let's take a quick break, then we'll come back and we'll give our SummerSlam 2019 predictions. Fam, we'll be right back. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hey, it's me, Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Addict Radio. And we're back. Doc, SummerSlam 2019 coming to us live this Sunday from Toronto, Canada. Nice. Big shout out to our main man, Mr. Fretz. Our is he go- is, is he going? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't think he's going. I've been so to watch I've, yeah from the of- comfort of his living room, and he will probably have some beers and probably have beers some pretzels. He always sends these pictures of these fretzels that he makes whenever he watches pay-per-views. So, Fretz, if you're listening, please send some fretzels to New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'll send you. I'll DM you my address. <laughs> Before I almost get like everyone that's listening, my home address. <laughs> hey, everyone, come on over for a SummerSlam party. We'll have some fretzels. Anyway, talking about party, we're getting ready for the b- hottest party of the summer. The hottest party of the summer. Doc. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be hotter than that time the Raptors won the NBA title like two months ago. <laughs> Touche. Zane. You know, we, Zane Vince. You know, Doc, we're, we're talking about, you know, we were talking about Harley Race earlier, and we think we got to think back to that era of wrestling. SummerSlam was legitimately the second largest pay-per-view next to WrestleMania. Oh, it doesn't yeah, have man, that was... same feel anymore because I, I think it's because we're oversaturated with pay-per-views. SummerSlam does not have that same feeling anymore. The, this, the, the lead-up to SummerSlam, while most of the story, most of the storylines, I will give them this, were impactful. Okay, I feel like a lot of storylines yes. did develop here, but the, I feel like the ones that like, oh, you almost, you almost had it. You could have done this, and it would have changed. I feel like there wasn't enough time to really develop some of these storyline plots. And I think that's kind of what kills the lead up to, especially a show like SummerSlam. Well, let's talk about that. I think they've built well, and I actually am relatively excited for SummerSlam. I can't, I don't think it's been an awful build to it. I don't think it's been, you know, 100%. But like, let's go, let's start with KO and Shane. You were talking about this earlier about how easily me and you were talking earlier before we went on air talking about how easily this could have been an I quit match right that would have been a nice build to get into that thank you so go fucking KO and Shane all it is is if I if Shane wins KO quits or every promo there's been a build for it was been at least three weeks how long ago now was Extreme Rules I feel like it was like yesterday like probably four they started weeks ago. Build, and they kind of they really kind of started building this match before Extreme Rules. Oh yeah, the, yeah, they were, but the whole quitting thing came after Extreme Rules. Wow, oh, 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 right, right, the, right. The whole right, yeah. KO quits yeah. thing has been the obviously what this whole thing is based around is KO is going to quit. This was a perfect opportunity to make this an I quit match. Think about that that moment with KO holding Shane's head up off the ground by the hair over like a trash can lid, Shane's face bleeding, and the ref holding the mic to Shane's to Shane's mouth, and he's like, I quit. And the fucking crowd goes nuts, and that right there puts, puts KO over, puts KO on the map. 
That right there could be you a fucking bu- you, moment. And you booked it better than anybody else would have. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm patting my back yeah. if you can't see, which you can't see because we're not video streaming this yet. Anyway, but I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I'm I'm excited for the match. Um, let, let's talk about our predictions. Like, I don't... First of all, Kevin Owens is the hometown boy. He's a, he's a fellow Canadian. Are they going to have him lose in his hometown? Most people will say, yeah, because that's usually what they do. Your hometown, you're going to lose. But I feel like Shane... They could still continue this feud if they wanted. Shane doesn't lose any momentum by taking a loss right now to KO because I don't think it's set in the stipulations where if Shane loses he quits I know they talked about it they hinted at that this week on Tuesday but it's not written down anywhere that that's a part of the stipulation too so if, if Shane loses he doesn't lose anything KO I think needs a good win but the match has to be a fucking epic match similar to the match Shane had with Miz at a mania yeah yeah um, I think if Shane wins it has to be Dirty with the help of Drew and Elias, mm-hmm. who I believe neither one of them are on the card. I believe off the top man, no, they're not. Do the revival, so, so they're all going to be available. No, the revival, so they're all going to be available. So the fact that all those wrestlers aren't on the card, it just reeks of outside interference. This match, mm-hmm. you know, and I think KO as long as he puts on a good showing against all the outside interference, it'll be okay if he loses. I think. The feud continues more logically with the KO loss, and because of that, I my prediction is a Shane McMahon win, extremely dirty. And it's I could see it going that way because that's that's Shane's shtick ever since he's been like this for months now. It's been since um, when the hell was the the tournament, the best in the world tournament? Almost a year ago now. So it's been almost a year now. Yeah, he's been yeah. On, on this whole kick ever since then. Right. Oh, yeah, you could even sense. you could even take this feud and work Taker back into it. You know, say KO loses because of interference, Drew McIntyre's the main culprit. This kicks off a KO Drew feud. Like KO starts feuding with the Shane McMahon faction. Right. And there could be a KO and Drew match, there could be another KO Elias match. Undertaker can come back and get involved again. This can start building towards the inevitable Undertaker Drew McIntyre match that we're going yes. to get at, at, at most likely at Mania this year. You know, so there's there's a lot of stuff that could come out of this, but it has to start, I think, with Shane McMahon winning. That's how I fantasy book this. Cool. Where'd there's you like, go? There's like no lights on in your room. It's just black. <laughs> it's okay. My foot. My foot. Your, oh my god, all I see are toes in the toes. I see toes. Toes. No, see, these are the things that we have to video stream <laughs> when we go on YouTube. Would you like me to turn a light on? Am I scaring you? Uh, please, yeah, it's, it's kind of creepy. I feel like uh, the oh, fiend is watching if, me. I was just saying, I'm doing this, uh, this podcast in the uh, guise of The Undertaker. Mm, is that what that is? I was hoping yeah. you'd say, I was hoping you said that and you weren't going to say something else, like, you know doing this podcast in the nude which is why your lights are off no clothes on <laughs> thank god it's peachy all right let me go turn this light on before uh light night light yeah. for bones if we have a conniption i'm trying not to have any yeah, talk a little tonight. bit tell a so, joke while i'm gone Ooh, i know some pretty good jokes too hmm what kind of bagel knows how to fly a plain bagel get it 
How about this one? What kind of fruit cannot get married? A cantaloupe because it can't elope. Oh my god. You don't have to elope to get married though. You, you got you got to kill kill my my steam there, right? Thanks. Bro. Logic drop. Logic. You know drop. what? Turn the fucking light off. I don't want to see your face, bro. <laughs> but anyway, oh, with the nice light, shirt, by the way. see, and I do appreciate you having the light off because that actually helps segue into their next match that I want to talk about. We're going to see the return of Bray Wyatt, aka the, re- yeah. the debut of the Fiend, taking on Finn Balor, the Man. So excited. I'm excited for the So match. excited for his in-ring debut. This or, or his in-ring return. I'm so excited. This is They did how, such a good job with this. This is how I booked this. Well, here's my thing. Here's my, my only quarrel about this feud. They didn't do enough to build this feud to this weekend, to SummerSlam. They only had two face-to-face interactions. The other two weeks, he attacked Kurt Angle and he attacked... Uh, Mick Foley. Didn't he attack somebody else? Besides Finn? Kurt Angle, no. Mick Foley. Kurt Angle, Mick Foley. That's it. Yeah, that was Those it. are the two I could do. Yeah, that I was it. Like, yeah. Okay, it's cool. He's doing this to legends, and he it's helping to put him over, kind of give him the rub. But he should have been in two segments, and he should have been in a segment those nights with Finn Balor as well to help uh, to help continue this storyline. I feel like they, they could have had more interactions leading up to SummerSlam. They could have built more of this Jekyll and Hyde style character that Bray has with the Fiend and explain why Finn Balor is the target. I think that's uh, the allure of it, though. Like, why is Finn? I don't know. I still have the mystery. There's still the mystery there, and I'm curious why Finn Balor is the target. Like, like I like that it doesn't need, hasn't been explained to me yet. If it were explained to me already, I wouldn't be as interested in the match, I don't think. Do you feel like... I like what they're doing. Do you feel like there's going to be more storytelling involved in this? It's not just going to be a ring the bell, entrance, entrance, have a match, they leave. Or is it going to be more of a... Are there going to be some words? Is it going to be more storytelling, more development happening in this match? Bray, I, I think there might be some words before this match. This is not the last time these guys are facing each other. I think Finn was picked for a reason. Because I, I think at the end of it, this is going to end with Demon Finn versus The Fiend at some point. At some point, I'm gonna cut you off right there. Yeah, we no, not a SummerSlam. No, no, not yeah. happy at some point. The demon's not gonna be there at all. It's not gonna happen. No, but no, at some point is right because we did read reports weeks ago that Finn was gonna take about two months off. Right, so this is a perfect time to get him off of TV because honestly, right now Finn needs to get off TV. Right now, he needs a break. He needs to come back. I'm not gonna say repackage himself, but get him into into something with more substance. He has. Even his IC title run wasn't that great. Cool, he can say it's on his resume now, but I feel like what has to happen is he needs to come back, he needs to keep the demon character, and he needs to turn heel and join the OC. Hear me out. And that's all I'm saying about that. You could Hear even me bring out. the rock and roller. You could even bring the rock and roller Prince Devitt, that style gimmick back. And no, st- no. Yes, yes, you can. No, no. Comes back, Bray Wyatt puts him out of his misery. Fiend puts him out of his misery at SummerSlam. Goes away, and he comes back as the demon to to return and face the Fiend. At this point, Bray Wyatt, though, would have to be like some sort of champion. 
whether intercontinental or world or universal is up for debate. But I think that's what you bring. Or you could bring him back as the demon. You bring him back, like you said, put him in the OC. He could still be the demon in the OC, though. He could be the demon in the OC, but he could also he could also turn on the OC and join up with the fiend down the road. Yeah, and he could be the demon. no. You know, you don't want to see the demon in the I fiend. want the OC. The OC right now is my fucking favorite thing. My favorite oh, I like the OC. going on you right now. With, we need we need Balor over there with Styles, Gallows, and Anderson. That's what has to happen, and that's my booking for this. Okay. He's going to be written off TV for a while, and then he's going to come back as the demon, and he's going to join the OC, and he's going to turn heel-ish. You I know, it's actually funny, funny. On Raw this week... Um, Luke Gallows with the face paint. Right. And Omar right. back to his days in New Japan. I fucking in love New Japan, face right. too. You're right. That kind of ties into the whole demon thing. Or it could, it could, it could tie into the demon thing. I could just be thinking way too much. Right. Um, I do. I think we both agree, though. Bray Wyatt definitely wins this match, and he wins it pretty definitively. Yeah, do and, you think or it's going to be a, he wins the match. a squash? Is it be a quick no, match? No, no, I think it's, I, I it's going to be a... You know, seven, eight minute match. Okay. And when it's over, I think there's going to be a big segment where Bray, I think that's where you do. I think Bray really has a segment where he puts Finn, you know, where he obviously writes Finn off TV. Right. That's what I would like to see. Okay. Especially if I know Finn's taking time off, because that's going to make Finn's return even better. And real quick, speaking of Finn Balor, Finn Balor did lose the Intercontinental Championship to Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, Nakamura right now is not on the card, but it looks like he is getting into a feud with Ali. Do you think we could see a last-minute match added, maybe throw on the kickoff show, Nakamura versus Ali? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Now, and if it's Nakamura not that... the title? No. I'd like to see him lose on the, win on the kickoff show dirty and then have Ali beat him on, like, SmackDown instead. I don't want to see Ali beat him at all. I, I want Nakamura to have a good... Intercontinental Championship run because the IC title hasn't meant shit ever since the Miz lost it. Even when Roman Reigns had it, I didn't I didn't like his run with it. I think ever since the Miz had it, the IC title has lost its way. Well, the Miz is the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, and I'm not denying that at all. But this, <laughs> this this is supposed to be the workhorse belt, right? So I want to see Nakamura have that well, kind of run. Why? Then why are we not booking ma- why are we not booking intercontinental title matches on TV? Because there's and why are we doing this? And the roster is too this- stacked, and there's not enough time. No, 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 same thing. no, there is time because you don't have time to put this stupid ass match between Ali and Nakamura, where Ali pins Nakamura for in a non-title match. Because how many times are we going to do the stupid? Oh, I pinned the champion in a non-title match. No, I should get a match now. Like whatever happened to number one contender matches? Right. Why not get Ali on TV with somebody else who's trying to, to, to you know, bust the door down and have Ali be, you know, have him be Cedric Alexander and then make that be a number one contenders match. You know, if you're trying to find a use for Cedric Alexander, which you're obviously doing and failing at miserably so far. Yeah. You know, I, I do think they're really trying to put some steam on their, on their smaller wrestlers like Ali, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, because ever since... I'd say around Extreme Rules, I feel like there's been a real big push on all three of their characters. 
all three of them in particular, but I do think we're going to see some new character development with these guys. And I think people like Heyman and Bischoff are high on guys like this and do want to put them into some sort of uh, special, special, especially, especially Bischoff. Especially Bischoff, because he knows how to work with yeah. smaller guys like that. Yeah, he does. He doesn't know how to get him in the main event, but he definitely knows how to enhance their mid-card stock. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, let's talk about, you were talking about first, um, number one, sorry, number one contender matches. 205 Live had another number one contenders match. They do that a lot leading into pay-per-views for the title. And Oni Lorcan uh, won his number one contendership to take on Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship. I don't know. I don't that's watch awesome. 205 Live enough to. Yeah, have that's an awesome. They had a number one contenders match. I don't yep. freaking watch 205 Live. 205 Live usually bores me. And yeah. it's just in the storylines, and it's, you know, I don't watch it. You know, simple as that. Like, why can't we have that logical booking formula on a TV show that people actually watch? What the fuck, WWE? I don't know why we just get rid of 205 Live and try to incorporate the Cruiserweights into the main roster and actually show them on Raw and SmackDown. It would make us more interested and invested in their storylines and what they're doing. Because right now on 205 Live on their own show, they're they're just lost in space. And yep. though every they have some talent on that roster. Incorporate that Drew talent. Drew Gulak's great. Yeah, Gulak's great. Tony yeah. Nese is great. Even Oni Lorcan's fucking awesome. Umberto Carrillo. Absolutely. Jack Gallagher is fucking... I love Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Brian Kendrick. They have some fucking awesome, awesome stars on that roster. Incorporate all... Get rid of 205 Live. I've been saying it for fucking... For a year now. Get rid of that show. But anyway... I think this is going to be a great match. Unfortunately, it'll end up on the kickoff show. I think Oni Lorcan's going to have a great showing. I, this is his first singles title match if i'm not mistaken in wwe since he joined nxt yeah he hasn't had any other singles so i don't think he's, he's any had some tag i don't think he's had like a or tag title yeah, I, damn it matches wow matches right but this is i don't think he's like title run. even had an yeah i don't think he's like a north american title match or a uk no. title match or anything unless it was on a house top, show yeah, yeah that doesn't no, count it was on a house show so i don't know does it count Okay, so according to Doc, it doesn't count. You know, you know what is gonna count? What is gonna count, Bones? Goldberg's victory over fucking Dolph Ziggler. Weird. Because man. that that win for Goldberg is going to make his legacy. Like he needs this win over Dolph Ziggler. And you know what? I I might sound like I'm being facetious, but I'm serious. He needs this win because now the last picture we have of him is him fucking spearing head first into the fucking turnbuckle and then dropping Undertaker on his head. So do we have do we have a, a Dolph Ziggler before we even get into this? Do you have a Dolph Ziggler contract status update? Uh, I personally I. do not. But countdown I love to when what Dolph, doing with what's Ziggler. the countdown for what is the countdown to when Dolph Ziggler shows up in AEW? <laughs> I don't know man. I feel like Dolph Ziggler is an asset to that locker room. He is. I think he is too, but like, how long is he going to continue to be, let himself be used like this when he could probably go to the AEW main event and be a world champion at some point? Maybe after he gets his next title run, because I do see him having, having okay. that title again soon. I don't know okay, so, about his contract situation. His contract could be up this year. I have no idea. I personally right, so hope it Dol- doesn't, because I still, I'm a, I'm a Dolph Ziggler fan. I like what they're doing with him now. Ever since he came back with the whole Kofi thing, I've loved this Dolph Ziggler. All right, so Dolph loses to Bill Goldberg. Okay, then what? 
And you know it's going to be a squash match. It's going to be like an 18-second match, spear, jackhammer, and that's it. It's all about, that, that's all this is about. Goldberg's entrance, a spear, a jackhammer, a good jackhammer, with someone who could actually sell, like Dolph Ziggler, who's the fucking one of the best sellers in the business. Yeah, don't become an a taker for that shit, dude. You got a concussion. I, it has nothing to do with take. I'm not. I'm not bashing Taker. I'm just saying uh, this I, way, I, for this match in particular. That's all. Nothing against Taker. Okay. You know. Um, do you think Dolph eventually faces Shawn Michaels? No, because Shawn will never go into a ring again. So all this stuff of him being on TV recently, just because they're trying to get ratings, nothing else. They're, they're trying to get ratings. They're trying to put over the younger talent, which is why they had the Raw reunion. Putting over the younger talent. Have we forgotten how putting over talent works? What happens is you have this thing called a wrestling match where these two guys or girls, they go into a ring. And sometimes the one guy is a lot older. He might be in his like 40s, like Hulk Hogan and at WrestleMania 18. And the other guy might be young in his 30s, like The Rock at WrestleMania 18. And they have a match and the young guy wins. And that's how you put over talent. You do not put over talent by having them super kick Shawn Michaels on a Miz TV special. That's not putting somebody over. That's not putting somebody over. But you know what is putting someone over? Charlotte Flair taking on Trish Stratus. That is putting somebody over. While I feel like there could have been a longer build to this match and a lot more storytelling because between the two of them, I would have enjoyed to see them go back and forth, have a war of words. First of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Why the fuck was Trish Stratus in a tag team match with um, Natalia versus Becky and Charlotte? What an odd pairing. And Trish wasn't even tagged in. What? what That's why. That's why. It was a waste. Why they got her? They got her on TV. They got her out there. Could have been someone else. They got. It, that's a situation yeah, but they don't want a wrestling. where they wasted a legend on someone else's valuable time. I Do you really need to hear Trish and Charlotte go back and forth for three, four weeks? I, I, think, I, I, I think it could have been very captivating. It, I, I think I that could have been like a Cena and Rock uh, style feud how much, of words. How much is Trish going to really... It would have been for three or four. It could have been Charlotte one week. Trish one week, then two weeks of them face to face, or two weeks of them interacting on TV. It could have maybe been they fight again. What if maybe Trish wins and they have a rematch? Now, like that time we all got, don't like you that time think, we all got swerved and The Rock beat John Cena. Don't you think Trish has to win if they're in her home country? No, no. Right. They, they, Some people could say people no. Lose it. People, people lose at home. I think I, I think this is a one-time thing. I think everybody gets the gist of the feud. It's Charlotte Flair, the nine-time champion, queen of now. Trish Stratus, the seven-time champion, the queen of then. One of the few ladies from then who could still go with talent from now. We get the gist of the feud. You're not. You, there's not much you need to explain here. You know, they don't need to be on TV. They're just gonna call each other bitch and cat names and shit like that you know and go back and forth you know i i I watched a promo i got it you know trish isn't full-time she's not gonna be like you know on a hundred percent promo game like charlotte is you know she's not like she's an actor like the rock is you know when the rock's not wrestling he's still acting he's always sharp he's always fresh Trish has not been bad on the mic you have to give her that it hasn't been bad you need to see it 
do I need to see it? I don't need to see that for four weeks. I get that match is coming. I'm excited just on the match alone because it's, you know, it's generation versus generation type match. Give that TV time to somebody else, to like some of the mid-card talent. Well, let's stay on the topic real quick for TV time. Let's Now, do you think Charlotte's the... All right, let me back up. I do think Charlotte is the right person to be facing Trish. Okay, it oh, makes absolutely. sense. It makes sense. There's no, but, there's no other option. But in the current scheme of things, like what's happening on WWE television, do you think this match had to happen now? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I don't see why. Well, I don't see what the big deal of happening now is. It's a big. It's a big. It's a big match that's going to maybe bring in a couple older fans that want to see Trish again. And it's at a big event. There's no reason why it can't happen now. There's only two other matches on the card. There's no women's tag title match. You know, they had a, they had a tight, they had a title match on raw this week. That's fine. Not every belt's going to be defended on every pay-per-view. It happens. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I have no problem with another, which should be a solid one-on-one match. Well, I feel like ever since WrestleMania, the women's division kind of has been forgotten and kind of been brushed under the rug for a while. And it's been kind of, in in limbo since WrestleMania, and also more so since Becky lost the SmackDown title, and now Bailey has it. Uh, while I said I do have some some thoughts about the future of the women's division, I feel like this Charlotte and Trish match could have happened later on in the year, maybe next year, maybe more of a WrestleMania style match, and this could have been used to really help develop the current women's division a little bit more. The time could have been used elsewhere, but. On that topic, let's get into the uh, the two women's championship matches. I want to get into. I want to stick on the topic of women's right now, because I have some thoughts about what's going to happen with the women's division moving forward. It's all going to end, yes, with Ruby Riot being the Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, the Universal Champion, and the WWE Champion. But we'll get to that at a later date. So anyway, let's talk about the SmackDown. <laughs> Doc, what's that face for, bro? You don't believe me? Full shit. Watch what happened. Just watch. <laughs> All right. SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey versus Ember Moon. I wish we would have seen a turn from either Ember Moon or Bailey. Um, I wish it would have been something where Ember Moon earned the spot and not given the spot. I'm interested in seeing the matchup. I think Ember Moon's going to look great, but I think Bailey's going to retain. What if Bailey turns heel after winning the match? Well, I do think there's a potential there's potential for us to see the return of Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. But is there potential for Bailey to turn heel at SummerSlam? No, I think I mean you might see the return of Sasha Banks. I I, I don't I don't. I couldn't. I, I mean, that would be cool, but it all depends how she's used. I want to see. Like, I think Bailey has been gradually reinventing her character a little bit, and I've, I've been enjoying her title run. I think she's done. Uh, she's had some good matches, and some. I thought the uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross feud was was wasn't that bad at all. Mm. But I want to see that development continue. I think the only way it can really fully blossom is to see her go on a heel turn, have her beat Ember, pick her up. Act like she's going to shake your hand and just slap the bejesus out of her and yes. beat her senseless. And that, I think, will help get Ember Moon more over with the audience. 
I think Ember, she's like, she's, she's, she's there. She's like bubbling a little bit. People are interested, but they haven't had that moment to grasp onto her yet. That thing happened to her yet, so you can grasp onto her. I think what's best for business is turning Bailey heel after this match and and then having Ember be established as a major face in the single scene on SmackDown in the women's division. Right. Boom. Yeah. Ember hasn't, uh, her war cry hasn't gone, o- gone over yet with the crowd. She needs like what is she crying about? It's a war cry, bro. She's crying about yeah, war. But, I was I was there's no there's, but I wasn't gonna do that. You know what I mean? There's I no person there's nothing that's personally hooking me into right. it yet because nobody know knows Ember Moon. It hasn't been it hasn't been yeah, it hasn't been written yet. It yeah. needs to be written. Nobody knows who Ember Moon is. Tell us about Ember Moon. Where does she come from? Why is she here? Why is she the war goddess? You know, why why is she this? And we don't know Ember Moon yet. You think I think Ember Moon could be one of those stars that could afford to have one of those backstage interviews like the McFoley one, right? O- right. Open her up and see the see who she yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely said, but I think you do that after you give her some adversity, and that adversity is Bailey turning heel right. and quote unquote stabbing her in the back. I could see that happening now. Do you think if Bailey turns heel, we would still see a Sasha Banks return? Yeah, I'm indifferent. That could be a face Sasha and a heel Bailey. Yeah, I would buy that. I'd buy a, I'd buy face Sasha heel Bailey. I can get into that. E- when you do that, Survivor Series, Survivor Series, you do that. Uh, it depends on what kind of multi-woman match they might decide to do. Yeah, and also depends on on who's champion at that point because you know they're going to do the cross brand champion versus champion match. But uh, I guess I, I can see something like that happen, they which would be very different from their NXT days. Even though I think we all wanted Sasha Banks to take the heel turn, I think right now either of them would work for them as uh, if they had the heel turn. Whether it was heel Sasha or heel Bailey, I'm down for I either think one. Ba- no, I think I, I think Bailey needs the heel turn more. I think it just makes sense of where her. I, I would like to see her develop her character into that, just a ruthless heel. And also, show me ruthless Bailey. If you've noticed on social media, Sasha Banks did dye her hair. From what I understand, her hair is no longer purple. So I wonder if maybe that's repackaging. I think it's just brown, her natural color. Okay. Mercedes okay. natural color. That's Mercedes natural color. Mercedes is her real name. Yeah. yeah. Mercedes natural color. Mercedes something. Well, Doc, before we get into the end of the SummerSlam card, we're going to take a quick break. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning, Mance Chapel, inviting you to join me every Monday morning for The Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling, but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is The Gift of Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. Get ready for a war because you're listening to Wrestle Attic Radio. Doc, before we round up the remaining matches on the SummerSlam 2019 card, I want to talk about a recent development in the Who Attacked Roman Reigns saga that occurred this past week on SmackDown. This is like another one of those who blew up Vince's car, who ran over Steve Austin. I did it for The Rock 
Uh, I, I was kind of hoping that, that it was Rikishi that drove the car. But it turns out that Roman Reigns confronted superstars in the locker room, confronted Buddy Murphy, and Buddy Murphy stated that it was Rowan who was driving the car. He did ask Buddy Murphy, he's like, you mean, and Daniel Bryan? And Buddy's like, I didn't see Daniel Bryan there. But I, I know it was Eric Rowan who drove the car. Now, they have been advertising Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at the Raw or SmackDown at MSG in September. So they was they were already foreshadowing this for a few weeks, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. What do you think about this feud? Uh, it's interesting, too, in lieu of the past few weeks, Daniel Bryan wanted to make these career-altering announcements that he never gave the announcement for. So I wonder if this is all tied in somehow. I almost feel like he had a, that part of the rewrites of SmackDown might have been Daniel Bryan's career-altering announcement. And instead of whatever that was leading to, it was like, hey, let's do this instead. And you're going to feud with Roman Reigns and be his mystery attacker. I don't mind a mystery attacker. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a classic angle. Yeah. You know. I don't mind um, either. It's I something think, different. When Ro- I, I think Roman Reigns and Daniel, I mean, Daniel Bryan could, you know, work with a pool noodle and get a great match. Mm-hmm. And I think him and Roman are Kate are going to put on some really good matches in this feud. I think we're going to get a good wrestling feud at the very least. Um, I think it's really nice. I think Daniel Bryan's, you know, I think they want to make sure Daniel Bryan has some heat. I don't know if Roman Reigns is the answer to that. Right. Roman's, you know, Roman's pretty always bad. He's, he's a lot more over than he's ever been. Um, the only really place where Daniel Bryan's like, you know, getting love though is where he's from out in like the, the Northwest. That's the only place he's really getting any sort of cheers. So as long as they stay out of Seattle, they'll be fine. I I like the idea of 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 Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns fuming, fuming, feuding, especially because SmackDown's coming to Fox. And now you're getting Roman Reigns in a prominent feud. You're getting one of your best in ring workers in that prominent feud with him. So good for business, good for entertainment. I want to see that match. I want to see them fight. I want to see them fight a couple times. I want to see some stipulations in those matches. You know what? I think they're really trying to build Daniel Bryan into like this vindictive mastermind who just gets these cronies to like do all the dirty work for him. You know, I think Eric Rowan is a prime example. Uh, Buddy Murphy could even be one of those guys that just kind of does dirty work for him. Could we see Daniel Bryan maybe starting a new faction? Like an almost like we're better than you faction? Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, it seems that they're already doing it with the team, mm-hmm. with the you know, you know, whatever they're calling themselves, the Planets Champions or the Planets Team, whatever they want to call themselves. Former, former champions. The Planets former champions. Yeah, my apologies. Um, so yeah, there could be a faction. I think that'd be a nice home for somebody like Buddy Murphy, who you know needs a place to break in and needs a chance to get on TV, you know, even like, it's been nice what, you know, working with Shane's been like for the revival, at least gets, at least gets them on TV. Right. They've had, and they've had some, their past few matches been very, very solid matches their matches involving the Usos, you know, and then, the, and then the, their match extreme rules was that, was that the, no extreme rules was the Usos and the triple threat right. match where they dropped the titles. I mean, those are really good matches. And a lot of those matches were good because of the revival. So we know Buddy Murphy can wrestle. So let's get him and get him on TV to a point where people are going to remember him. Maybe the formula for that is align him with DB and Rowan and maybe a couple other young guys. 
you know, he, he's another one that can be put into the same category with Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Ali. You know, the fact that he's on TV and they already have him. Again, it was only one SmackDown, but he's already incorporated into this storyline with guys like Daniel Bryan, with guys like Roman Reigns. So again, I feel like they're putting a lot of their money into some of their smaller wrestlers and really help give these guys that main event push. I wonder if Cedric Alexander is going to get involved also now with Roman because him and Buddy Murphy have a past as well. And that'd be cool to reignite that feud. Right, absolutely. Um, and you know, as I said, with the guys working in WWE now, with Heyman and Bischoff, these are guys who like small who like small guys and have found good ways to utilize them. Guys who enjoy factions. Mm-hmm. And it makes me. I mean, I, I'm just. You're already seeing it with the OC. You know, that's the first major faction to form. You still have the New Day. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of potential there. And you know, actually, I'll be talking about factions a bit and kayfabe classics because i'm doing SummerSlam 97 which was Ooh. like the height of faction of faction wwf i you was there the nation and the, you were i was the there nation live. and the disciples and d and well not dx Heart not foundation. yet dx art foundation was around and it was just feuding with sean triple h mm-hmm. like triple h was Almost a thing, not quite yet. But you're gonna have to listen to Kayfabe Classics get more on that. But yeah, I could see that brewing again, just knowing, seeing the people who are in charge. That's that's the way they operate. That's the way they roll. Right. So, do you think we're going to see anything develop in the storyline at SummerSlam this weekend? You might see some development. I don't think you'll see a match, but you might see a segment with Roman and 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 Daniel Bryan. Like sometimes there's not a, what is there nine matches in the card? Uh, so matches. Ten matches. I think that leaves room for a segment in like a four and a half hour show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I personally would like to see some more development with this, even if it was only backstage. Uh, but if there's not enough, they have to make sure they have enough time, though, to show about ten different 24-7 title segments throughout the entire night. So let's, let's play some bets. How many times will the 24-7 title change hands at SummerSlam, and this is including the kickoff show. Logan says one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The doc says three. Okay, I think we're looking at the lower numbers, too. I'm looking at somewhere between two or three. I feel like every time the 24-7's on a big show, they do multiple uh, title changes. I think they could slow down the constant hot potato in one episode and just kind of focus I, on maybe two or three superstars and start developing something bigger for the title. What I do like with it is that it always seems to revolve around ending up on our truth, which gives some sort of semblance to all the craziness to it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it seems to return home to its rightful owner, our truth. <laughs> I'm actually upset they didn't capitalize more on the Mike Canellis Maria Canellis thing. Wait, with him pinning her in the in the uh, in the, the OBGY, <laughs> the first pregnant champion. I, I, I was just like, oh man, this is this is brutal. This is, but at the same time, it's like this is what heels are made of. This is what heels back, are made of. We just go back to when Canellis won. And Maria was knocking on the door, and he wouldn't let her in. And he's like, how do I know it's you? And she's like, if you don't open this door right now, I'm going to kick you in your vagina. Yeah. I remember <laughs> stopping it and rewinding it. Like, wait, wait, wait. What did she just say? Talk about fucking 
demasculinizing someone on fucking live television. I, I know it's yeah. a gimmick. I know. But wow, I'm going to kick you in your vagina. Fucking What's good for payoff? you, Maria Canellis. Good for you. What's I the payoff to that, though? Exactly. What's the payoff to this? Now that, yeah. now that where is this title, going? Now what happens? Are but they you just know what, though? TV? But you know what, though? You have to give Maria, uh, Maria and Mike credit because they have not been on Raw for a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. They got put on 205 Live. They had a contract dispute. They ended up re-signing again, and boom, now they're on Raw for like two, three weeks in a row. Yeah, they're making the most of what they're doing. I give them that much. I just wonder where the end goal for this whole, you know, Miracle Mike Bennett is going to going to come back, and he's going to be one of the top stars in the mid card scene. Oh, that would be so cool. Yes, I think that Miracle so Mike Bennett cool. would be a perfect gimmick to be thrown into either brand Raw or SmackDown, and you could I, I could see him put into some really good mid card feud. And you could. You have him, have him dump Maria like when she's seven months pregnant. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> so I think that could be something. We she's could pretty see. pregnant now, so I don't think that's pretty. Fun. She's got she's got a decent little bump going now. Yeah, so she'll be. She'll I think, be out she, I think she's pretty far along. Yeah, she'll be out for a while. So all right. So you say three times. I'm going to go with with two, and we'll see. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's move on to the U.S. title match. We're going to see AJ Styles defending against the one and only Ricochet, which is going to be yet another classic between these two. These two have fought quite a few times now, but honestly, I'm okay with it. I like what they're doing with Ricochet. I like that they're giving him time to show what he can do, to showcase what he can do in the ring, and what a better person to help put him over than AJ Styles. Ricochet could afford to lose, and it won't look bad on Ricochet's record at all coming out of this match. There's only one logical way for this to go, and that's AJ wins dirty, Hell in a Cell match next time. Next match, Hell in a Cell. If AJ Styles loses, then I guarantee you. Then I guarantee you, AJ Styles will be the next WWE champion because we're going to see the OC feuding with the New Day, and to give all the belts to the OC. AJ is the champ. Gallows and Anderson, the tag champs. Uh, no, I don't know. They don't. They don't. They don't. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying. I, I'm not buying AJ losing. I think AJ and Ricochet have more of a story to tell, and I want to. I want to see AJ Ricochet hell on a cell. Okay, hear me out. I, and they fought. They fought each other like 74 times already. So it only makes sense that if they do another match, there has to be a gimmick or a stipulation. Right, but hear me out. Let's say AJ does retain. AJ's got okay. the. U.S. title, Gals and Innocent have the tag titles. They add that fourth person in there. Finn Balor shows up, right? This is like later on in the year, maybe around the time of Survivor Series and War Games. Yes, I said right, War right. Games. Keep that in mind, right? And then you give the Universal title or something to Balor. So then now you literally have every title except for like the U.S. title and the IC title, whatever. Or no, I'm sorry, except for the IC title. Right. And then come War Games... Undisputed Era is walking around with all the goals. I think that's going to happen this week in the TakeOver. We're not talking about TakeOver tonight, um, but I think we're going to right, see... There's, Rod- a, there's a good... Right. Roddy Strong's right. going to win the North American title. Uh, O'Reilly and Fisher winning the tag titles. Cole's going to retain the NXT championship. And now you have two, two unstoppable factions in WWE. You have the Undisputed Era 
Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roddick Strong, and you got the OC, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. What two better teams to face each other in fucking war games than those two? And and just to add on to your point, which I don't think is really going to happen, but the, oh, it could happen. And to add on to your point, NXT possibly moving to FS1. What better way to make that work than bringing some main roster talent? Something right. AEW can't do. They don't right. have like another show to borrow from to keep their storylines fresh. Like WWE does. That's going to be yeah. a big thing in this AEW, WWE war. AEW has one roster. Mm-hmm. WWE has three rosters to shake around yep. and find something fresh, you know, which also kind of makes what AEW is doing even more impressive. Mm-hmm. But it's beyond the point. You do that and you have NXT on FS1 now and you're building those first few months around OC versus Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. That's, some, that's some pretty solid stuff Sign going on there. Sign me up. That's some solid booking. I can get into that. That being said, AJ definitely wins, and there is an AJ Ricochet Helms cell match in our future. All right. I, I think Styles is going to retain. I think the OC has to keep looking strong right now so they can't take the title off Styles. Uh, nope. I actually think that this feud's going to end after SummerSlam. I think this might be it. I think if it's a clean win for AJ, then yes. Well, but it's if the not OC be a clean in, win. The OC is going to be Well, involved. there's not a... Yeah, well, but yeah, if it's OC's involved, then the feud's not over. The feud's over okay. after Hell in a Cell. And okay. Ricochet doesn't have to win Hell in a Cell either. Like, True. AJ can win the Hell in a Cell match, and that's okay. True. And then Ricochet can move on to something else. And AJ can move on to something else. You know who else could move on to something else after SummerSlam? That's going to be Natalia after she gets her ass kicked by the man, Becky Lynch, in her home country. Do you think Ronda comes back? Ooh, I was just going to ask you that question. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Ronda's not pregnant or nothing, right? As far as we know, not yet at least. Because I know part of, part of her taking time off was to, to, to start a family. That was like the rumor. Well, yeah, because she was on her impregnation vacation. That's what she called it. When was that? That was ever since she took off after WrestleMania, the impregnation Oh, okay, vacation. so she called she has a, a YouTube channel. She does like her YouTube things, her updates and shit. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, YouTube. You got to get with the time for <laughs> YouTube. You stream videos, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> I see what you did there. Anyway, anyway so we are going to have Becky Lynch versus Natalia in a submission match. I appreciate the usage of the gimmick match. In this situation, I think it's an awesome gimmick to use for the two of them. If I had to pick out of the two moves, the sharpshooter is much more powerful than the disarm her. I'm not a fan of that arm bar. It's just like this arm bar. It's nothing crazy. I love the sharpshooter is iconic. Uh, it's a fucking sharpshooter, dude. You know what would be a fucking kick in the ass if Becky beats Natty with the sharpshooter in Toronto? That's what I have a feeling. And then Bret Hart comes out and has a conniption because of Hart lost in Canada. No. <laughs> and then some guy jumps over the guardrail and attacks Bret Hart in the, in the aisles. He never makes it to the ring. And then Ronda Rousey comes out. And, oh, that's it. That's when Ronda makes her return. When Becky refuses to release the sharpshooter after the match, Ronda comes out. And then there's a fucking blood feud between Ronda and Becky in the ring, dude. Fucking that would be flying, insane. Kendo sticks fucking nuts 
And that, that right would there, be so, fucking so hold on. bonkers. Let's dude. back up. Going back to what I was saying earlier about the women's division. Bring back Ronda. Bring back Sasha. Start bringing back uh, people like Liv Morgan after SummerSlam. Start bringing people like Sarah Logan onto the screen. Have Natty find something else to do after this. Continue this Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair feud. We're seeing some some, some substance built right now for the women's division. So we have to see now what's going to happen post-SummerSlam. I really think because of the new creative heads behind Raw and SmackDown, we're going to see some more depth in the women's division. And I think the women's tag division is looking bright moving forward. They just have to solidify a tag team division. But I think that's all going to come into play when all the pieces are, are in the right spots. They also have to have their women's tag team champions defend their titles on TV more often. Would the Iconics have three defenses? Since if WrestleMania, that, do you include the defenses they had they, on Raw with those uh, local competitors? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think their their title run was not iconic like they wanted. No, it was it would be. fucking terrible. It was a fucking joke. It's, it's unfortunate. Fucking it's awful. Unfortunate because I still love Peyton and Billy, but it's unfortunate because they took the titles off Sasha and Bailey for that. Yep, which is what pissed off Sasha, when, which then made her cut yeah. her hair and turn her hair brown from purple. So she, Sasha's going down like this rabbit hole, bro. Pretty sure she's going to shave her head like Britney Spears did. She's going to be all over TMZ. It's going to be fucking nuts. What am I talking about? Let's move on, Doc. WWE Championship <laughs> title match. The one person they are booking right in WWE, and that's Kofi fucking Kingston, our WWE champion. Ah, oh, Kofi's title reign's been great. I've, I've loved it. I've and loved he is it. Facing I love the new Orton. Thing. So. I love the fact that he's facing Randy Orton right now. I love it. I've this, said it from day one. So. This story writes itself. I don't care what anyone says, but that was 2008. I don't care how long ago it was the fucking story. I don't story care how long ago it was. Itself. Everybody that's a wrestling fan knows. Yes. Everyone knows. I think Randy got is, pissed when Kofi dropped him on his neck and he got him buried. That's yep. exactly what happened. And we all know the story. This is a real feud. This has real undertones. If history proves us anything, this will be the best match of the night because both guys want to show the other guy how good they are. Yep. So bad. Kofi's wants to show Randy, I earned this. Randy wants to show Kofi, I was right. You're a fraud. Like everything about this match writes itself. They can make this awesome. My question to you is Kofi wins at the end. Handshake or RKO? Handshake. I think this is the opportunity. All right, Kofi has already proven himself as a champion. He has had great defenses against guys like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. He's faced guys like Seth Rollins in the ring. He's been in some fucking awesome, awesome matches since WrestleMania, since he won the title. But he hasn't gotten that rub yet. And I think Randy Orton is the perfect person to give him that rub and show that shine, that sign of respect at the end of the match in that ring. Remember we were talking about what putting somebody over is? Yep. Randy Orton doing the job at Kofi this week is Come putting somebody circle. over. Full circle. Full circle. Yep. And here you have this. Now, you, now that feud uh, that started, you know, like we said, like a blood feud almost. You know, now there's respect. Right. And then maybe they start having matches like Taker and Sean did, you know, and like Triple H and Taker did and like towards the end of their careers. And they have like 
you know, these matches. Are, oh, here we go. Randy and Kofi again. Randy and Kofi again. Here we go. Everybody gets excited for it. Instead of feeling like it's old, you get excited for it. Um, Kofi definitely wins this match. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't, Kofi I don't see title. Kofi. I don't see Kofi dropping the title anytime soon. I don't know who. And I don't know to who. who I have a be- funny feeling. I have a funny Roman. feeling. He's holding. No, I have a funny feeling that he's going to hold that title to, to the Royal Rumble. Ooh. At the very least, to the Rumble. I if think not Mania. Mania. I think he's going to have at least one defense at Mania. I can. I can see that happening. I can see that. Happening. Be, I mean, I think he's great. Uh, yeah, eventually, I think maybe a heel Roman, but Roman turns heel and beats him. Maybe. I could see that. I could also see Roman and Kofi being a, a face versus face match. I could see that. I could see that still being a thing. Out of mutual yeah. respect, I could see it being a thing with those two. Once Kofi runs out of bad guys to beat, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think I think Kofi's going to hold it till at least Mania. But you know who's not going to hold a title or be the champion at WrestleMania next year? Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins is motherfucker, not- dude. They are they burying Seth Rollins. I mean, he, the Becky storyline was a fail. The whole him and Becky together, that was a fail. Like, hold the, on, hold what's on. The I'm sorry. The trend I, of women emasculating their boyfriends on WWE or, or husbands on WWE on. TV. Like, we, is this like payback for the Attitude Era? <laughs> can we talk about the botched booking with Becky and Seth? Two weeks ago, after Seth got his ass kicked the first time by Brock Lesnar, was being wheeled out on a fucking gurney, right? So after all this time, Becky Lynch was nowhere to be found. She was back in the locker room somewhere. As they're wheeling him back to the ambulance, they pass by Becky, and she does nothing. She's his girlfriend. She didn't seem upset. She just looked, made a scowl face, put her hand out, and like like real dramatic-like, and then the camera was off her. If they... They already told us that they are real life boyfriend girlfriend, so we know this. But like, she's a terrible girlfriend. Like, she did nothing. For <laughs> Seth when she didn't act upset or anything. You know what she did do at that same time though? She tweeted about how she was going to take out uh, Natalia. Yeah, it's a terrible storyline. That's why terrible. there was terrible. Like, it's terrible. not. It's not working. You know it what else is worse hurt, than that? It hurt though? Seth a lot. You know what's worse than that? Seth, Seth fucking Rollins. That? He is. I'm sorry to cut you off, man, but Seth Rollins pisses me off because he's one of my he's one of my favorite wrestlers. I think one of the best wrestlers, natural talents in the world right now. Okay, but they are ruining him. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. It went from him needing to to carry an equalizer by carrying a chair, him having a botched. I shouldn't say a botched, a tainted victory over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania after fucking low blows where he has to stoop to heel-like tactics to win. And then he and then he's fucking shadowed by his, his girlfriend. And now it's like it this doesn't... whole, woe is me, at SummerSlam, I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar and take home the Universal Championship. Yeah. I... Uh, uh, I Guarantee, don't fucking guarantee, because you're gonna get your ass kicked in Suplex City. <laughs> I this whole Rollins character experiment's been terrible. We've said this a million times. Rollins at his best when he's a heel. This whole, I, I just, I am not buying any of this. And I tried my best to buy the title reign. I tried my best to buy the Becky story. I can't, but it's just, he just. He just seems goofy out there at times when he's a yep. face. Yeah. 
He just seems goofy, and goofy dudes don't win world titles. I hated his fucking promo this week. Hated it. Don't give a man who's segment. down and got his ass kicked a fucking microphone. Just don't I hated, do it. I hated that whole segment. I hated the whole segment. Terrible. First of all, yeah. Seth Rollins should not have been on Raw this week. He got his ass kicked last week. Take him off TV this week. We don't want to see him again until SummerSlam when he's a little closer to 100% than he was this week. He was maybe 30% this week. Right. Fucking overdramatically selling all of his injuries, going to the ring, getting his fucking ass kicked. Stop calling yeah, him the Beast Slayer. Call him the Beast's yeah. bitch because that's all Brock Lesnar is doing <laughs> is making him his fucking bitch right now. Oh, the Beast's bitch. We got to print that one up. So uh, and, and you know what? Kudos though. At least Brock Lesnar has been appearing on TV. Brock Lesnar has been around more this year than he has been in a long time, and I yeah, appreciate. So. I feel like Brock's part of storylines now. But let me ask you this: Brock Brock retains, right? Do we both agree yes. Brock's going to retain? Seth cannot win. If Seth wins, huh. I will be pissed, and I, be, I I think unfortunately there will be. I'm like I shouldn't say pissed. I shouldn't say that. People still like Seth more than Brock. I personally will be pissed off if Seth wins because his first title run was a was a complete failure in my personal opinion. Now, unless it's time to change, get someone else. Unless they change things around and, and they do it right the second time, fine. But I think right now, give it to someone else first. Bring some credibility back to the title, back to what being invested in the feuds for this title, and have Seth work for it later on in the year or next year. Yeah, I think it's time for somebody else to get a chance in that spot. Okay. Without who? a doubt. Who? Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley. Braun Strowman. What if, what if, we haven't heard this name in a bit because he's been out with an injury, and it might be a nice way to re-debut him. Tear me out. Sheamus? Just as a little stopgap until we get the next big opponent for Survivor Series for Brock. You know, get him like a B-level main event match to get him back into it. You know, he'll lose to Brock. But, like, he's a big dude. So, like, I feel like they'll book that match a little more not-so-suplex city ridiculous. Right. But, yeah, you think just Seamus, to start. Just if Sheamus came back as a face, do you think he'd be over? It all depends on how well he acts out the storyline. If he comes out like a bat out of hell, then yeah. But if not, I don't know. Or maybe, I don't know what the movie schedule is like. You know, maybe Cena comes to save us from the beast. I'm so glad you were there because that's what I was going to say. I think Cena. Yeah. I think this is Cena's opportunity to win his 17th world title and defeat Brock Lesnar. And yeah, but you would say they would probably save that for like WrestleMania. But then I could see Drew McIntyre being the person to win the title off of Cena and then going into Mania against Undertaker with the title online, but still but Undertaker putting McIntyre over with the title. Or McIntyre or Cena beats Brock at Mania, McIntyre beats Taker at Mania, and that just sets up Cena McIntyre down the road. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do there. I mean... I, I, I'd rather see I don't think you can do Cena right after SummerSlam because you need to save that for a big card that's got to be at, at least the Royal Rumble I think that's even too big for Survivor Series at this point even though it's been done already 
you know, but if you're going to be portrayed as a scene of the hero coming to save a, save the universal title, then it's got to be at a big event. But yeah. that being said, you know, get let I want, I want to if Brock's going to be back on TV again more often, like he's going to have to work with not just, you know, the champion, the Seth Rollins or like, you know, Sheamus is a multi-time world champion. True. And he's going to have to get himself back in the swing, you know, reestablish his character. Right. What better way to reestablish than going up against, you know, Brock Lesnar? Or maybe the Fiend is the one who down the line takes out Brock Lesnar. That's you believable. Know, they foreshadowed Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar a few times back in the day. And it yes, ended up never happening. I think Luke Harper ended up fighting. I think Rowan Fulham. I don't think Bray Wyatt ever had a, mat- a one-on-one matchup with uh, Brock Lesnar. Not to my knowledge. I don't remember it if it happened. I mean, that's definitely some interesting booking, you know, uh, with think to think Sheamus, even Bray Wyatt with Brock Lesnar. Interesting to see what's going to happen with the title. I really hope they know that they have to close this chapter with Seth and Brock this Sunday and move on from there. What's the main event? Universal or WWE title match? I think it's going to be the Universal. It should be the WWE title match. You know match, what though? I think has the potential to be the main event, though? I think Charlotte and Trish. Trish Stratus and Charlotte have the potential to be the main event also because you're in Trish Stratus's home country. Maybe. Maybe. That could also be the penultimate. True. That'd be a good penultimate. I like using the word penultimate. Penultimate. Yeah. Well, Doc, some people have their quarrels about the card for SummerSlam, but on paper, man, it's a pretty good card. You know, It's strong. I don't know why, but I'm actually excited to see Goldberg kick the shit out of Dolph Ziggler. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> it's to always fun to watch Goldberg. Flair. So I'm excited for this card. Interesting to see what's going to happen afterwards. And we'll uh, definitely be coming back to you, you, the fourth wall fam, uh, this weekend, right after SummerSlam to give you Sunday night aftermath. They're going to give you our post-show news and reviews and reactions of oh. SummerSlam 2019. But as of now, that is all the time we have for today, folks. So if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode 37 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. I am your host, JC Bones. I am accompanied today by everyone's favorite good doctor, Doc Haas. Our third man, Johnny Smarks, sends his best and says he will be back with us very soon. Please follow all of us on Twitter at FourthWallCast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. I'm on Twitter at JC Bones. Doc's on Twitter at Dr. Haas 4WC. Smarky is on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. If you haven't yet, please follow Wrestle Addict Radio on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle and on Instagram at Wrestle Addict Radio. Please be sure to stay tuned for news and updates regarding the official launch of the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page going live. SummerSlam Day on Sunday, August 11th. $5 monthly subscription gets you a Google of content exclusively for our patrons from everyone on Wrestle Addict Radio. Fourth Wall fam, we are offering you guys Sunday Night Aftermath, Kayfabe Classics, Smarky Singles Run, and a whole lot more. Doc, what do you got? By the way, this like if you missed it earlier in the episode... This 
Kayfabe, the SummerSlam edition of Kayfabe Classics will highlight a classic that JC Bones is at, so he'll be joining me on the show. SummerSlam 97. Yes, um, featuring the first of many classic bouts between McFoley and Triple H. Um, of course, the the Intercontinental title match, which was shaping up to be a classic between Stone Cold and Owen Hart before the botch. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, um, maybe what you could call the birth of the Shawn Michaels Undertaker feud. Mm-hmm. Um, started that night too, so a lot of good stuff to talk about. Even a even a decent ten man tag match, which you can't really say very often. Very true. <laughs> so Forgot join join that. me join me for that on the K Fabe Classics this for the SummerSlam edition. Yeah, so stay tuned to again all of our social media for information and updates regarding the launch of our Patreon page. Uh, and please come join the fam. Show your support by donating five dollars each month for exclusive content for your weekly kayfabe consumption also stay tuned and be on the lookout for the official launch of the wrestle addict radio website which will also be launching SummerSlam day august 11th so once again follow us on twitter at fourth or follow wrestle addict radio at addict underscore wrestle for more updates i said update and news a lot in the last like four minutes of this show I gotta think of a new What's word. What's the news? Updates. Updates. <laughs> Info. Word. Anyway, <laughs> as I mentioned, that's all the time we have for today, folks. So if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall wrestlecast, and we are here to keep wrestling real goodbye and good night you know what I miss the, the original like heart foundation not the one that the you know the real simple one all one dynamic the whole time Show them how we roll. Show them who we are. Show them where we about to go. Show them how we roll. Show them who can win. Show them so they never go and question you again. Show them you can win. Show them so they never go and question you again. Did you get 1991 for WrestleMania 3? I don't know. Saying how to RVD, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
What about note? What note? What note? The brown note. That's the brown note. It's a fucking disgusting note. When that foghorn blows, I'll be coming home. When that foghorn blows, won't hear it. I've got to feel it. I wanna rock your trip so. Anyways. <laughs>